0: This week on the podcast, a little nonprofit news for the week of April 19th. Today, we have our fans, our favorites, Nick and Carisha, bringing us what has happened in the nonprofit news. Uh, again, free weekly email summaries at nonprofitnewsfeed.com. All right, Nick, what's going on?
1: All right, George, I got two pretty feel good stories for our at a glance at the top of the pod the first one is from california which has instituted a new program it calls the home key program in which it will spend nearly 600 million dollars to buy hotels and motels and convert them into homeless shelters and the program is really a positive step forward for addressing issues of homelessness as well as aiding a quite frankly hurting hospitality industry hit hard by the pandemic. This type program is made possible by um, federal dollars, mostly 550 million in federal coronavirus funds is going towards this, as well as 50 million in general state funds. But it seems to me that this is the exact type of, this is the intention of those federal dollars in, in aiding states, uh, helping the economy, helping an in industry as well as solving the critical crisis of homelessness which again all fuels back into pandemic relief and recovery
0: yeah very topical that we you know we've had uh, folks like Dan Treglia who is uh, a public policy expert on to talk about you know the the previous uh, San Francisco tents and the safe city spending like 61k per tent like this is the type of spending you need um, we talked with Michaela Conray about uh, the Kelsey and how they built over 100 units in the heart or building are in the process of building uh, over 100 units in the heart of San Francisco. This is the permanent type of solution and the way that you'd like to see stimulus spent. And hopefully with the nonprofit narrative pushing this also hopefully able to serve uh, targeted populations in, uh, in a place where they can be reached um, and, and cared for in a more efficient way and hopefully more cities, Take this up and if you are a nonprofit dealing in homelessness, uh, hopefully this is good news for for you and to push your cities to maybe do similar things with stimulus as pushing this as an option.
1: Absolutely. a great program. We'll be curiously watching to see how it unfolds, but quite a good start. And our other at a glance story this week is that nonprofit jobs soared in the month of March. A new report published by the Center for Civil Society Studies at Johns Hopkins found that March saw an 8.9% jump in nonprofit jobs, representing an additional 81,000 jobs within the sector. The majority of these jobs came within the educational field, so teachers and, you know, all sorts of school employees um, so this is great news. Now, despite the gains, the sector is still down, about 6.6% in terms of jobs from its pre-pandemic levels, but the, the recovery is happening, Slow, albeit slowly. Um, it is still surely happening. So we want to you know, look at this further, um, but certainly good news for a sector that was hit hard by layoffs and budget cuts last year.
0: Yeah, I imagine uh, summer may slow things down a little bit from an educational standpoint, but uh, school's back in session, which means after school's back in session, which means extra programming uh, and a lot of employment opportunities there. A huge jump, though, and you can see as we approach herd immunity, um, already 50% of Americans have received at least one of the shots necessary, which is approaching that herd immunity number and back to normalcy, but it's going to come back and come back fast. It's a huge jump in a very short amount of time. Uh, so we're excited to, to see this as huge fans of the sector, of course. All right, should we move into the summary of some of the other news items that we found, Karisha?
2: Yeah, I can jump into some of the headlines that we featured today. Um, Our first headline is around nonprofit um, software. Every Action, um, which is a popular CRM, announces their acquisition of GiveGap, um, which is the number one giving day solution, according to this article uh, from Business Wire. Um, And this is combining two leaders in nonprofit solutions. Um, Their their CEO, uh, Stu Trevelyan, Trevelyan, hopefully I'm saying that right, um, says that they're really excited to welcome GiveGap the, to the EveryAction family. Um, they also say it's imperative that nonprofits have access to the most cutting-edge digital tools available on the market, especially during times of um So hopefully we'll be seeing some uh, new features coming into EveryAction um, and something to keep your eye on, especially if your organization uses it. I know a few of about-
0: Yeah, very much. Very much. It can be one of those things like, you know, always pay attention to the software that you use and the chance that it can be purchased by a larger company and what that means for your service level agreements, your SLAs. Uh, check it because I think we assume that because somebody has been able to spin up a website and has technical functionality that, you know, they're going to be there for a long time, like a building. It's like, it's not, it can be bought. Um, Not saying, you know, that anything bad will happen here, but you want to be aware of where you have built, built into your technology stack uh, and who might be bought by who um, and and start asking questions. Uh, This looks like extra functionality for giving day uh, donations coming uh, with GiveCap. So interesting to see moves in the nonprofit sector tech.
2: Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, But hopefully it's for the better, right? Um, Combining two kind of big nonprofit softwares and uh, points of contact with donors and followers into one. Um, So exciting stuff. Our next headline um, reads, it's not just young white liberals who are leaving religion. Um, I think an interesting one, at least from an ads perspective, in terms of thinking about audiences that you're marketing to and thinking about not only their persona and behavior in terms of what you want them to do, but also their kind of side interests um, and the way that you can play to those and really alter copy actions and things like that. Um, So this article from 538.com reads only 47% of American adults said that they were members of a church, mosque or synagogue, according to recently released polling that was conducted by Gallup throughout the last year. Um, A lot of this is really just because people could be religious without going to these uh, kind of institutions or buildings. Are also becoming atheists or agnostic. Um, agnostic meaning that uh, they kind of believe in something but not really want to prescribe to one specific religion. Um, and in relation to these kind of demographics, we're seeing that uh, young white liberals, um, those who are highly educated, liberal white people, are usually kind of at the forefront of being atheists or agnostic. But we're seeing that throughout demographics. Um, those who are both highly educated uh, or have degrees and those who don't have degrees, those who are black, Hispanic um, and things like that are not attending um, these religious institutions um, just as much or even more than uh, the young highly educated liberal white people. Um, so an interesting thing to keep in mind as you kind of concoct your audiences, at least for me in terms of advertising um, and kind of playing to the interests of others, thinking about value adds and things like that. Um, Some really great market research
0: here, I think. And it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad about Whole Whale University. This is our best online content packaged in courses. We're talking SEO, content marketing, Google ad grants, cybersecurity, and tons of webinars and other templates for you to use. You can buy them individually or as an annual subscription. Uh, We really put our best work in here. And if you're interested in the topics in this podcast that we tend to cover, we go a mile deep with these courses that's whole university yeah the, the shift isn't something I think previously when we saw and, and reported on it here about overall polls less than 50 percent being sort of religiously affiliated we' are like oh not as many people going to churches but this is looking at past 10 years past 10 years is they're showing these Gallup polls and in uh, another piece of data to notice here the the One of the fastest growing sections are the people that respond none to religious affiliation, also known as the nuns. And so what does that look like in like 1998, 16? uh, No, no, wait a minute. Uh, 12% of Americans in 1998 uh, said that they were like, none, no, like religious affiliation, here are your options. I'm going none. So infer what you will there. But now... This Gallup poll shows 21%, and a Pew Research study shows 26%, a quarter of folks. So, this is becoming a rising amount of sort of non affiliation. But where does that go for nonprofits? Well, if you are religiously affiliated or adjacent, how does your language maybe exclude people that believe in a power higher than themselves potentially, but don't want to be labeled? You know, is it only for people that, you know, in God we trust and like hard, you know, hard and fast with regard to their religious identity, or is it softening? And should your language maybe also uh, soften and understand there are many paths to uh, a higher power? And and I would pay attention because that's a fast moving stat there. And that's not something that's, oh, just COVID inspired over the last year. It seems like it's a macro trend.
2: Yeah, definitely. And really something to keep in mind, like you said, that softer language. Um, I know, at least in my personal experience, like friends um, and even kind of get a little turned off when religion is introduced, um, and it kind of steers them away. So thinking about the different ways that you can alter your uh, content on site or your ad copy or anything like that, um, if necessary, depending on the audiences that you're trying to reach.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, it probably maybe dovetails with the politicization of uh, of religion as well and and how and how that is also, segmenting Americans, uh, in a different way. So that may be also, uh, not a, not correlation, but a causation. Um, I'm not smart enough to tell, but those two things are happening. Yeah. I think
2: you can look at them separately. Um, But some more of our headlines. uh, Our next headline reads, increased blood usage from hospitals creates heightened need for blood donors. Um, In this article from the D or the ADA News, I believe that's what it is, um, a local news site, um, we're finding that hospital blood usage has surged nearly 10% over previous levels um, as their community moved into COVID recovery mode um, and blood donors are needed immediately to respond. Kind of another cause or um, another issue that's rising in the wake of COVID um, as people are becoming more hospitalized, blood is needed. um, And if you are dealing with maybe organ donation or blood donors or anything like that, um, now's the time to really ramp up uh, maybe your advertising or your marketing um, and really bring in these stats saying, hey, you know, people need blood. Um, Are you willing to help?
0: So we picked up the story, not because like, I'm like thinking that uh, blood trends in Oklahoma City are like a national news, but it is actually one of multiple stories that we saw in our aggregator, and we only happen to put this one in there. What's occurring is this sort of uh, stigma and confusion around COVID, COVID vaccines, and blood donation, and pair that with the fact that as people get more vaccines – and get safer and go about their uh more riskier daily behavior frankly walking around your house is not as dangerous as driving to work frankly or your action sports adventures or getting out there there are going to be more injuries and those lead to more potential needs for for blood so uh i'm thinking there's going to be a lot more messaging issues and you know look to larger uh, blood shortages uh, potentially coming as a result and so if you're a non dealing in those areas it's uh time to get your messaging in order about the confusions surrounding can I give if I have or haven't gotten a vaccine and what that looks like.
2: Yeah, definitely. And then our last headline is more NFT news. Um, Mick Jagger partners with Dave Grohl, or yeah, Dave Grohl on NFT for music venues. Um, Some more NFT news. Mick Jagger is pairing up with Foo Fighters' Dave Grohl um, to create a song that will be a uh, Donated, or the funds from this will be donated um, to organizations uh, impacted during the coronavirus pandemic, um, specifically independent music venues. So exciting stuff! Dave Grohl is from the Foo Fighters. I, I don't think I've ever heard of a Foo Fighters song.
0: <laughs> That's maybe part of our <laughs> homework, but uh, I like to keep an eye on a uh, nonprofit integration into NFT and the NFT landscape for NFT fundraising and pieces like that. Um, you know. It's, it's one thing to sort of be, be lucky and find it. But I think there's all kinds of these types of collaborations that fundraising departments can and should be looking out for. Because if you have access to celebrities, if you have access to artists, I'm not going to lie, it's pretty frothy right now in the NFT space and putting a little celebrity power behind that uh, could go a long way. So, you know, maybe instead of asking for like that autographed picture to give away in your whatever event, you go with, hey, could you do a collaboration to support us but make it an nft that we can promote to our audience
2: yeah i think the last bid was about uh where was it was a little or close to nine thousand dollars um so escalating pretty quickly
0: totally all righty uh do we have some feel good news nick i think you're getting this one
1: Sure, George. I have a good one. This is a story from the St. Louis American, which is a uh, local news outlet in St. Louis. And it's about an 11-year-old girl who gives back to the community um, through a nonprofit. And And um, the story is about the girl, Legacy Jackson, um, who just, you know, a normal school kid actually ended up Feeding the homeless and sending more than three thousand pairs of shoes overseas to kids in Africa, um, as one of just the many projects that this kid has donated. So, just a great feel-good story. And I think about um, how we always like to engage young people in our and understand, you know, our social fabric and understanding that there are people who need help. There's, there's winners and losers and involving them in that conversation, um, about, you know, how we can make the world a better place and how we have a lot of work to do at such a young age is so important. So just a feel good story, uh, from the sector, a young one getting her feet wet and, uh, contributing in a significant way. All
0: right. Thanks, Nick. As always, the nonprofitnewsfeed.com will send weekly summaries of the news from the best sector.